Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Tony Marinero. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Brought to you by MyBookie. Use code SICKFIX for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet, win, get paid. Marinero, The Sick Podcast. And today's guest brought to you by Memo.me, the Canadian marketplace for personalized video messages from your favorite athletes and celebrities for any occasion. Use the code SICK at checkout for 10% off on video messages. Some examples of celebrities available on Memo.me are hockey legends Wendell Clark and Cassie Campbell-Pascal, the Toronto Raptors play-by-play broadcaster Jack Armstrong, as well as today's guest, Jay on Wright. How you doing, bud? Great, Tony. How are you? Extremely well. First time for me that I have a chat, uh, chance to chat with you. I never thought it would be with you driving, but hey, I got to admit, this is pretty cool. It's pretty awesome, actually. I'm keeping my eyes on the road. I'm, I'm making sure I'm, I'm following all the rules of the road here. But yeah, I'm actually heading to, uh, to TSN right now. I live downtown, and uh, TSN's up in Scarborough, so it's about a 30-minute drive or so. So uh, yeah, we'll just chat. Uh, we'll, we'll chat during my meet. It'll be great. All right, as long as I, I know you got your eyes on the road, so that's cool. Uh, I'm oh, happy. Yeah. I'm happy to get the chance to chat with you. There's so much going on. Um, I think we're going to start here in Montreal, where at the time of this recording on a Tuesday night, um, it was 24 hours ago, more than 24 hours ago. It was on Monday night uh, at around 5.15 p.m. that uh, we found out that uh, the Montreal Canadiens had two players on the NHL's COVID-19 protocol list. Um, The game last night was canceled versus the Edmonton Oilers. I reported earlier this morning that out of the two players, it's only one that actually tested positive for COVID on Monday. The other was placed on the list as a precautionary move. All Montreal Canadiens staff were tested earlier this morning before 9 a.m. And by the time all the results came out and they met with the National Hockey League at around 4.30 later on this afternoon and had their conference call, right after that, it was announced that the players are still on the COVID-19 protocol list and the Montreal Canadiens will have another three games postponed this week. They were supposed to play Edmonton on Wednesday, Edmonton on Friday, and Ottawa on Sunday. All three games at the Bell Centre. So those three, plus yesterday's game at the Bell Centre, have now been postponed. Jay, when the heck are they going to make up these four games? That's the question I asked Darren Dreger last night. And, you know, he pointed out that, it's, there's such a tight window here because, as you know, Tony, the schedule is packed as it is. You know, these guys, these teams are playing four games a week as it is. So I think his thought, uh, and this is pretty early in the discussion, is that the makeup games would happen after the so-called end of the regular season. So, you know, at this point, everything's kind of fluid. We would say that it's pretty remarkable that the entire North Division has gone this long without having to postpone games, but uh, you knew it was probably going to happen at some point. It's unfortunate it happened to the Canadians, yeah. uh, and, and yet, you know, here we are. This is the reality of the pandemic that we're living in. Um, we'll forge ahead. They'll get those games played. I, I think 
it's a situation where if I was a big man, I would think that they would tack him on at the end of the season as best they could. Yeah, that probably makes sense. You know, Jay, the season ends um, on the 8th of May, I believe, which is uh, which is a Saturday. Um, and right. if it's not the and if it's not the eighth, it's the the ninth. But anyway, it's one of the two. I don't know which day falls on the Saturday. But the Canadians actually host the Edmonton Oilers on Monday, April fifth, and then a couple of nights after that, they'll play two games versus the Ottawa Senators. Maybe because Edmonton will be flying to Montreal on Sunday the fourth. Maybe they end up playing the Canadians on the fifth. Add a game on the sixth. Maybe the Canadians and the Oilers will end up playing when the Canadians and the Senators are scheduled, uh, or maybe the Canadians will play the Oilers once and then they add them on. Also to say, though, back to what you said, you'd have to think, Jay, pretty smart people running the league, that they probably gave themselves a buffer and said, okay, you know what? We'll end the season on the 8th or the 9th, but if we have to add two or three weeks, we can, and we still can get the playoffs in, and we could still get them over with by a pretty good deadline. And that's exactly it, Tony. You nailed it. They, whether they actually have built that in or not, we don't know for sure. We assume that. But the important thing to the league is, is, the, is when the Stanley Cup is awarded, right? They want to yeah. award the Stanley Cup as close to the regular time as they possibly can to try to reset next season on time like it would normally yeah. be played. And that's the big priority for the NHL right now. So you made a great point. You know, there's going to be some gaps in the schedule. Maybe they can sneak in one of those games against Edmonton that got postponed. And that would obviously help at the end. You don't have to make up three or four games. You only have to make up two. That helps, obviously. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's, you know, you got to feel for the schedule makers now, right? Because everything's going pretty well after yeah. some tough stuff at the beginning of the season with Dallas and, and teams like that. Um so you have to feel, but they knew that this is a possibility, not even a possibility, Tony. They knew this is a probability going into this thing um, yeah. when they didn't go into the bubble. So in some ways, you have to almost be impressed with the fact that it hasn't happened before this and that it ha- hasn't been worse. So uh, we'll see how it all plays out for sure. But, uh, but I still think the NHL is very much on track to get that Stanley Cup awarded in June like usual. Yeah, well, they usually awarded mid-June. Uh, last year, obviously, they didn't because they ended up restarting with the play-in in August. So they awarded that Stanley Cup at the end of September. Um, this year, it's going to have to be later than mid-June, uh, you'd have to think, because if they end up adding a couple of weeks, then all of a sudden, you're probably going to end up starting the playoffs at the end of May. So it'll be yeah. later than mid-June. Um, but even, you know what, even at that, Jay... Going forward, don't you think the Stanley Cup has to be awarded before June 1st? I mean, I just find it kind of odd that you're playing the Stanley Cup final and some people are going to Dairy Queen to have an ice cream. I agree with you. Or, or worse, for, from a television view perspective, people are at their cottages, cabins, and camps, and they're already they're kind of done with hockey. You know, we <laughs> the thing about our country... Our summer is so short, even the most hardcore hockey lovers, uh, I think, would agree with you, Tony. I think they would agree that June 1, playing hockey in June in general just seems odd. It has always seemed yeah. odd to me ever since they've been doing it. Um, I love your, your idea, and I think there's so many people out there. I know Pierre Lebrun recently wrote about it. 
that there's got to be, as you said, somebody got the cup awarded by June 1st. Um, we'll see. You know, we'll see how it goes. It's tough. It, the NHL schedule with normal situation, it's not a pandemic. It's like the Titanic. Trying to change it would be very difficult, uh, especially if you're adding another team in Seattle. But um, I agree with you. Ending the season before June 1 would be absolutely incredible for the league, I think. It's a sick podcast. I'm Tony Marinero. He's Jay Onright. And the sick podcast is brought to you by my bookie. Use code SICKPICKS for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet, win, get paid. Jay, hockey under these circumstances is better than no hockey at all. There's no doubt about it. But I never thought I'd say this because I was looking forward to the Canadian division. I'm kind of bored of seeing the same teams over and over again. Probably bored is not the right word because the hockey has been exciting. But the fact that the schedule is becoming redundant. Take a look. This week, the Canadians were to play the Edmonton Oilers three times. Next week, the Ottawa Senators four times. And then Edmonton again. That would have been like two and a half weeks of playing the same teams and playing them eight times. I can't wait for them to go back to the old divisions, Jay. I actually like it. I Personally, I really like it. And I, I like it because it's given, I think, all hockey fans across this country a chance to really see these other Canadian teams. And I mean really see them. So the example I always use is Adam Lowry in Winnipeg. Yeah. The Winnipeg team, Montreal, play a couple times play a couple times a year, and, and the fans in Montreal might see them once a year. And, um, you know, you're, you're concentrating on all their players, your Shifleys, your Wheelers, your Pierre-Luc Dubois. And what this schedule, I think, has allowed us to do is see just how great some of the players on these teams are. Um, and I always use Adam Lowry as an example because he's – one of my favorite players in the league, and any team would obviously love to have him as their third-line center. Some would probably love to have him as their second-line center. Um, yeah. I just think that um, I like it. I, to me, the games mean more, matter more. Would you rather see Connor McDavid and Leon Dreisaitl four times over the next two weeks, or would you rather see um, Sebastian Ajo and the Carolina Hurricanes four times? Like, I, I, to me, it's, it's a no-brainer. But I understand your point about the redundancy. It w you wish it wasn't four games in a row all the time. You yeah. wish it wasn't three yeah. games in a row all the time. I think that's a very good point you make there. Um, but for what it is, I think the hockey has been terrific yeah. and very exciting. And um, and obviously they'll go back to, to the old divisions, I think. I know that there are some owners, uh, Mark Chipman in Winnipeg, um, I can't, there's one other I can't remember who really pushed Gerritman for more all-Canadian matchups. I would be in favor of that, certainly. Yeah. You know, if there was a way, if there was a way to, you know, allow us to have more than just because you know, you think about the Western Canadian teams coming out to Montreal for one, maybe road trips tops. Yeah. Um, it just doesn't seem like enough, and especially going the other way, out west where I grew up. You know, people used to wait for the Habs to come out, wait for the Leafs to come out. They were so desperate to see him, and they only came out twice, you know, so was, you didn't always get a chance to see him. And the season ticket holders would absolutely always sell their tickets to the Toronto expats and the Montreal expats because they yeah. triple or quadruple their money out there, which is why there's always more Habs fans, Leafs fans than uh, Oilers or Wings fans in those buildings every time. Um, so, yeah, it's... I would love to see more all-Canadian matchups, but, um, yeah, I've enjoyed it, I have to say, Tony. I really enjoyed the, the hockey, and, 
And uh, other than Ottawa, where you still can see some promise, you know, every team has had flashes this year. You know, every team, yeah. since Montreal started out like a house on fire, I love the moves Bergevin made. Um, you know, Ottawa, they've had their struggles, but then you see where they're very promising. With the, they've got some promising on players. Obviously, the Leafs are good. They've struggled lately. Winnipeg, yeah. good, good. Edmonton's been fantastic lately, and Calgary's kind of a weird outlier. You know, you thought by adding Markstrom that that was the final piece for them. I certainly thought that. I loved that yeah. move. Uh, but, you know, I just thought that was a brilliant move of adding Tanev. And for whatever reason, they're just not – offensively, they're just not clicking. I, I can't understand it. Uh, and then, Vancouver, you know, you realize how much they missed Markstrom at first, but now that Demko's picked it up, they haven't missed a beat, and they, they might start to challenge for a spot as well. So, uh, yeah, the, the Canadian teams, for the most part, six out of seven in pretty good shape. Marinero, The Sick Podcast. You can follow on Instagram and on Facebook at The Sick Podcast. Like it and share it with your friends. With Jay Onright, you know what I do like about the schedule? I'll tell you this is, and I hope we see more of this, to make the travel easier on the players. Now, I've been a proponent for the longest time of actually having Less games than the 82. I'd love to bring it down to 70. I understand why they don't. It's all about, you know, gate revenue and more games and TV revenue and all that stuff. I get it. I still would like to see 70 games and you make up that revenue by having sponsorship, by having sponsors, uh, logos on jerseys, helmets, socks. I don't care. I think less games, better the product. But if if they don't go there, the one thing that they've done this year that I do like is if Montreal plays Toronto and Toronto or they play Edmonton and Edmonton or whoever, having both games there like on a Thursday and a Saturday or even a Friday, Saturday, so you don't have to travel from one city to another. You're there. You play a couple of games. I think it intensifies rivalries and yeah. easier travel makes it easier on the bodies. Easier on the bodies should end up giving you more productive athletes. I think it's a brilliant idea, and I think probably you would hope that the fact that this season where you've had, you know, Montreal and Edmonton scheduled to play three games in a week and every team in the Canadian division scheduled to play multiple games against each other, and yes, it's ramped up the intensities to a perfect level, but nothing's gotten out of hand, right, because that's today's NHL, right? I mean, things, fighting's still there, and if, if anything, fighting's sort of increased this year. But it's never it never gets to to a point where you're afraid for the players, you know, to be in the same city for three days or anything like that. So I like it a lot, Tony. I'm, I'm just gonna merge onto the 401. I could just keep going yeah. and I could drive to Montreal on this road. <laughs> I, could just, I could just keep driving for five hours and I'd be in your studio. It wouldn't be bad, actually. Now, uh, one small be... problem: I missed my show. But yeah, um, I hear you. Yeah, what do you do? But, yeah, I like your idea uh, a lot. You know, the, one of the reasons the NFL, I know, other than just the product is great, one of the reasons I think the NFL is such a juggernaut is it's a concise schedule and it's easy to digest. It's one day a week, basically. Uh, obviously, they play Thursday and Monday now, but you know what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, it's so concise. But, I think especially now, I love you to go to 70, but and I think maybe they might have entertained, entertained it pre-pandemic, but now I think they'll be looking to make up all this debt as any way they can. They might even want to add games at this point. 
I hear you. Hey, what happens this year if the Leafs get knocked out of the first round of the playoffs again? That's a great, what a great question. <laughs> oh, man, I don't know. I think right off the top, I guess you probably have to fire the GM, which seems really harsh. Wow. Uh, I, think he's done a, I think he's done a terrific job. But I, I think you probably have to do it because can you honestly fire the coach again? They just fired the coach. So I don't know that you can necessarily do that. Uh, or maybe they just stay the course, you know. Maybe they stay the course if, they, if they're if they gone in the first round and you chalk it up to another first-round failure. But the one thing with the Leafs, you know, all the things that people said about them in the postseason, they don't have grit. They don't have, as uh, my colleague Darren Detition says, they don't have jam. Um, yeah. They've got that now, you know. Like, they've got Wayne Simmons and um, they've got Bogosian and they've got guys who can who can get dirty and muck it up a little bit. Do they have enough of those guys to go, you know, toe-to-toe with Bruins or Flyers? I don't know. I guess we'll find out. Um, yeah. We won't find out this year because they're not going to play those teams early on. Uh, I was thinking of them playing Eastern Conference teams. But, yeah, um, it's a great question, Tony. Um, I just think they're on such, they're so fragile here. I mean, I know every Canadian fan base is fragile. I, yeah. I we, we talk about certain ones being fragile and there's not. No, they're all, we're all fragile, right? We're fragile sports fans. Um, but no one's more fragile than this, this Leafs bunch. And especially because, Tony, you see this, you see the potential for this team to actually win it all, right? You see it. Yeah, there. of course. Yeah. And, right. And, and that's, tantalizing and terrifying for Leafs Nation at the same time because to actually have a team, you know, there's no excuses anymore, right? I mean, everyone's getting on the goaltender. Yeah. Um, but he's, and he hasn't been good in the playoffs, but he's been great in the regular season up until this season for whatever reason. Um, so we'll see, you know, it'd be interesting if they decided to add a, another goaltender at the deadline or, or whatever. But again, the cap, the other problem is the cap situation, right, Tony? It's going to remain yeah. that for the next few years, they've, they've got to pay back all this money. It's going to be kind of a disaster. Um, so, you know, they've got guys signed to long-term deals. It's, it doesn't leave a, a lot of wiggle room. You know, the stuff that Bergevin did in the summer, you know, not many teams were able to make those kinds of moves. And, and uh, the Leafs are in a tight cap situation. So, yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm going to say it. I, I could actually see the GM getting fired if they didn't if they didn't get past the first round. Wow. I, I, I'd be surprised, but you're closer to the situation, obviously, living in Toronto than I am living in Montreal. But, look, I want to ask you this last question, and that is, uh, look, if the Leafs win the Cup, obviously everything will be worth it. But today, March 23rd, 2021, if you were the general manager of the Toronto Maple Leafs, would you do a do-over on the John Tavares signing, yes or no? Another great question, and I think probably the answer would have to be yes. Because yeah. if you could if you could take that $11 million per and you could find a center in the $6 million mode a la Ryan Nugent Hopkins, and you could find a goalie in the $5 million, $6 million mode, a la Jake Markstrom. Jordan Bennington just signed for six. Yeah. Is that is that maybe money better spent? I think it might be. Uh, but it's easy to say that. I mean, the one thing about the Tavares signing 
was it was yep. symbolic. It was symbolic, Tony. It was symbolic because it was the the point where that was the tipping point for kids who grew up in this area to say, "I want to return to play in this area." Um, Mike Camilleri, you remember when Mike Camilleri went to the Habs? Of course. And he was looking. He was looking at the Leafs in the Habs, and in the end. You know, I know, I know what he was thinking. Thinking, I'm from here. I'm from Toronto. Yeah. I'm here in the off season. I hear enough from my family, friends, neighbors, old buddies about the lease. I don't need to be here all year round. I'm to be inundated with that. I'll go to Montreal where I'll be where I'll be left alone, which is amazing to think that you yeah. go from one incredible market to another like that. But that my point is that you know Stamkos all those years ago. You know, people thought he was going to come back. Why would he ever leave Tampa, right? And obviously that was the right decision. But finally... In hey, Tavares, I wouldn't leave Tampa. Right, me neither. And finally in Tavares, you had a guy who was on an up-and-coming team and left that team to come home. And it was symbolic. It really was. It, it was really important, I think, to the fan base. For whatever reason, this season hasn't been incredible. But look at his numbers in the first two seasons. Like... He absolutely played up to the contract. No question about it, those first two seasons. You look at those numbers. He was great. Um, but, yeah, your point is very valid that they've got a lot of high-end talent up front, and it seems like they could probably use a goaltender and uh, and maybe a center Iceman who's a little cheaper. I mean, put it this way. Let's bring it back. I love when we bring an interview back around to, the, you know, like we come yep. full circle. Let's just say Adam Lowry hit the market. The Jets aren't going to let that happen. But wouldn't you rather have Adam Lowry and, say, Jake Markstrom as opposed to John Tavares? Personally, I would because I think that's a team. That's a team move. You know what I mean? I'm not, I'm wow. not saying – I'm absolutely not saying Tavares is not as good of a player. Obviously, he's a better player than Lowry. He's twice as good of a player, obviously. Yeah. But just in terms of managing your assets um, – I think the Leafs, you know, are seriously concerned about their goaltending situation now. And, you know, if you could have gotten someone like a Markstrom, to me, I love that deal, that six-by-six deal that he and Biddington signed. That's manageable to me. I don't care how old Markstrom's going to be at the end of the deal. Um, I just think that's a great signing for them. So, anyway, long rambling way of saying, yes, that's what I would personally do. Uh, yeah, but that's no knock on John Tavares. Just because he's having a rough patch, he's been great here for the first little bit. We're talking hockey, but be it hockey or any sport, for your officially licensed sports apparel and more, go to sportbuffshop.com for all of that officially licensed sports apparel. Use code SICKHOODIES15 for 15% off on all hoodies. I know my last question, I said it's the last one, but I, I have to ask this Real last one before you go. Jay Onright, the next Canadian team to win the Stanley Cup will be, and why? I think, I actually think it will be the Edmonton Oilers. And I just think it's because I think that this offseason they've got it. Now, there's a caveat to my answer. Yes. It's just they have the most high-end talent, and... Their issue is their defense going into the season, and now it looks like Darnell Nurse is turning into a legitimate number one defenseman. Yeah. 
their goaltending situation is a major issue, obviously. Mike Smith is not a young guy. Uh, Miko Koskinen is not a $4.5 billion goaltender. No. Nope. So if they're able to find someone, um, if they're able to trade for someone, uh, then I think it's hard to deny the top-end talent. It's hard to deny the Crosbys, the Lemieux, the Gretzkys, and it would be hard to deny the McDavid's. And by the way, Austin Matthews is, uh, you know, as hot talent as you get as well. So yeah. I was tempted to say the Leafs, but um, I was yeah, convinced. I, I was convinced you were going to say Winnipeg because they have Adam Lowry. I know I'm obsessed <laughs> with the guy. <laughs> I noticed. I'm, I'm trading Tavares for Lowry. Like I'm obsessed with the guy, but no, I, I, I think you look at Winnipeg and. On paper, it seems like they should have the best chance, right? I mean, look, they have the deepest top three lines. Yeah. Uh, a great goalie. The best goalie, probably. You, know, you could definitely say the best goalie in the North Division. You, I mean, you could argue Carey Price. You could argue Jake Markstrom. Um, but Hellebuck's no, no, Hella the best, best in the North. Right? Yeah. So they have the key pieces that should get them there. I love their coach. I love their culture. Yeah, I just worry, I just worry about their D. I worry about their defense. Um, you know, if Bufflin was still there, if Trubo was still there, then man, I think it's Winnipeg all the way. But um, they've lost some real horses back there. Yeah, uh, the last couple of years, and uh, you see Josh Moore, poor Josh Morrissey's playing like how long's the game? Sixty minutes. He's playing like seventy at this point. Yeah. So. Uh, you know, that's my only concern with Winnipeg. But on paper, I agree with you. I, I actually think Winnipeg should be the team to win it next. Um, and that would be great. Uh, I'd love to see it. Jay Wright, I hope this was... With Adam Lowry. <laughs> yeah, yes, yes, you are. Jay, I was wondering if you were related at one point. But Jay Wright, I hope this was as fun for you as it was for me. And I want to thank Memo.me, the Canadian marketplace for personalized video messages from your favorite athletes and celebrities. And use code SICK at checkout for 10% off on video messages. So thanks to Memo.me, and thank you, Jay Onright, for joining me on the SICK Podcast. Tony, it was a pleasure. Thanks for having me, and uh, all the best to you and your family. Hope you guys are staying safe. Take care. Likewise. Be well. Be safe. Here you have it, Jay Onright. I'm Marinero, the SICK Podcast, on Facebook and Instagram, at the SICK Podcast. See you, Jay. And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. The Sick Podcast is brought to you by MyBookie. Use code SICKPIX for a 50% deposit bonus. Bet, win, get paid.